Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 372. This is the weekly podcast about American flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free nationwide online directory to florists, shops, and studios who design with American-grown flowers and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2018, Florist Review Magazine. I'm delighted to serve as contributing editor for Slow Flowers Journal, found in the pages of Florist Review. It's the leading trade magazine in the floral industry and the only independent periodical for the retail, wholesale, and supplier market. Take advantage of the special subscription offer for members of the Slow Flowers community at deborahprinzing.com where you can also find the show notes for today's episode 372. Last week, Holly Heider Chapel welcomed designers and flower lovers from near and far to flower stock at Hope Flower Farm. Floral professionals and members of the floral community gathered for two days of demonstrations and talks by renowned floral designers, including Holly, Steve Moore of Sinclair and Moore, Nancy Teasley of Owl and the Oak, and Alicia and Adam Rico of Bows and Arrows. It was an honor to join Holly at Flowerstock in Virginia for the second time as a teacher. I led a number of creative writing exercises for attendees, guiding floral creatives through various modules of describing flowers, color, and floral memories in a new way. The personal floral narrative is powerful. We heard this many times from my fellow presenters, and the timing was perfect for those who brought pen, paper, and open minds, not to mention a little vulnerability to the process. We gathered upstairs in one of Holly's barns where there was a creative space for writing, photography, and floral design. Thanks to all who participated. I'm eager to read more of your writing. I asked Holly if she and I could sit down for the Slow Flowers podcast to record an update from her, and she agreed. It was so nice to sneak away to the tenant house where many of the speakers stayed and sit in a comfy corner to speak uninterrupted. We didn't watch the clock, so this is a longish episode. We'll forgive you if you listen in smaller units of time. The first half of this episode focuses on flower stock, and you can feel our emotions and joy while listening to Holly and me share highlights with one another. Then, during the second half of this episode, I asked Holly to update me on all that's happened in the past year with her new product line created in partnership with Syndicate Sales. If you've missed the news, you'll enjoy hearing the backstory of the Holly Egg and the Holly Pillow, new mechanics that allow efficiency, eliminate the use of foam, and, in Holly's opinion, lend themselves to higher productivity during the design and production of weddings and events. You'll see photos from Flowerstock and find all the links and resources to which we refer in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm coming to you from Flowerstock at Hope Flower Farm with my wonderful guest, Holly Chapel. Hi, Holly. 
Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> you were my guest. <laughs> I am your, yes, I'm reciprocating. I yeah. am your guest. Thank you for inviting me to be at Flower Stop with you. It was amazing to have you here and it was such a fun um, couple of days and I loved having the creative space for you upstairs. That was, that was fabulous. The barn, the students love that. Uh, well, just to bring everybody up to speed, um, Holly and I have known each other for since I started this podcast really in 2014 and I just looked back to see that you were my like 24th guest ever and in January of 2014. So that we didn't even know each other. We just were social media friends and somehow right. I said, Hey, do you want to do this podcast with me? And I think we did it over Skype. And it feels like forever ago, but it was really only four years ago. Yeah. And that, um, that was an interesting, uh, and I'll put a link to the past interview for people who want to go back and, and hear, um, some of the Holly's original story, which we're probably not going to get into, but, um, it predates your acquisition of this farm. And, um, it also, tells your story of what I told you before we turned on the recording about how instruct I was with one phrase that I, I think back on so often when you said to me, um, I can always find that extra special thing. If I go out in the garden, the answer is I can find it in the garden and you meant in the garden. Pardon? The answer is always in the garden. Yeah. When and you we're meant, you struggling, you were growing, right? Well, we've, we've always been harvesting from our own property and, um, we'll make a piece and it's a little less inspired than I would hope. Um, and it's always one foliage, berry, twig, bloom from outside, um, that changes it. And it's almost become, um, a signature of mine and it almost feels like I didn't really put my heart into it if I don't go out and find a little something special. Mm-hmm. So but it sounds like it's very, it's very much unplanned. Absolutely. It, but it, it is unplanned, but it, it definitely happens every week. Right. I'm right. never happy with a piece until we go out and find that one little magical thing. And, and truthfully, you know, quite often things are not as lovely as I'd like for them to be. And it is amazing to me that we can always find something outside um, that pushes it to the next level. Of course, it's much easier now that we have the farm. So. Right. Like that something with a, a, just that little character of... of uh, spontaneity or natural or wild or right kind of of the moment. I mean, right now, like it's really fun. One of the things I was working with during flower stock is the, um, foliages this time of year, they're stressed because, you know, fall is coming or frost is coming. Right. And so, you know, they change tones and just looking for unique little bits and yeah. pieces. Yeah. So, I love it. um, it makes everything so much more beautiful. Well, um, let's, let's give everyone a snapshot of what just happened over the last three days with flower stock. First of all, it's the most brilliant name. Anyone who, uh, is, you know, over the age of 30 probably has heard of Woodstock and just that kind of festival atmosphere of music and people and food and conversation and dance and creativity. You're just, you've, you've co-opted all of that and brought it into a a flower filled environment like you like we just experienced flower stock this was your third annual festival and um it's two full days of amazing instructors and experiences 
I know it, was, it just ended about six hours ago because you were probably up to the wee hours. But. When, you, when you said what just happened, I'm still trying to like, what just happened? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, what just happened <laughs> is um, I went to bed at four o'clock in the morning and got up at seven. And I think the night before last, I had three hours sleep. Um, oh my goodness. But what, um, how this was born was our network um, of designers, chapel designers. We started gathering and what we realized, it was so funny, people were saying even today or this weekend that their favorite thing was just talking with each other and that the learning in between was making such a big difference. And we started making these jokes about how we would be happy together just in the field talking. Mm-hmm. And it started versus this, a big conference versus a big conference. Yeah. And it started this realization that at its simplest form, um, we would be happy together. And so, you know, one of the things that's really, um, will be helpful to other people. And I encourage you to run with my kind of crazy is that when I come up with an idea, I will just announce that I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I think there might've even been a conversation with some chapel designers. We were joking and that we would have an event called flower stock or something. Um, when we were fortunate enough to get the farm, which was three and a half years ago, I just randomly said on social media, um, we're going to host an event and it's called flower stock. And because then you, you had the venue that allowed it, right? Right. But once I say it out loud, I have to make it happen. Right. Like fear or the uncertainty of exactly how I would pull it off might make me sit on my laurels forever. And, um, you know, just saying it out loud, it's like, okay, now I have to make it happen. You told the universe you're going to do it. I told the universe I was going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, um, I see brilliance all over the world and all over social media. And I don't really recognize sometimes the good stuff that I've come up with. But last night when we were in the barn and we were dancing and, you know, the flower installations everywhere and everyone was at peace and people were down at the campfire, you know, it did kind of hit me that that was a really good idea. Yeah, absolutely. And it was a damn good idea. And maybe your husband will agree now. Maybe he will. He's in a good mood this morning, surprisingly, but he did go home and go to bed at nine o'clock. Um, that would be Evan, my husband, Evan. Um, you know, it is, it's crazy. You yeah. know, it, it's so, everything that has happened to me is really, it's, it's so simple mm-hmm. and it was just there for the taking. Mm-hmm. You just have to be bold enough to just, you know, throw it out there. I met this, um, mother of the bride a few weeks ago. Uh, she was Indian and she was so cool. And she said, we just manifest it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh my God, that's like the story of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to manifest it. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to bring it into fruition just by sheer will. And I mean, I've only known you for four years, but I would say that that has happened multiple times in our, during our acquaintance. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Um, I, it, I think it's, <clears throat> it's, What's the worst thing that could happen? I mean, it's a kind of a, a great lesson for for anybody in the creative space. Like, if you have an idea, you're not being truth true to yourself if you bury it. Well, and absolutely. Yeah. And, and then the other thing is, is that if you don't do it, somebody else will do it. What's there's that book called Big Magic or mm-hmm, something, mm-hmm. and I've 
I haven't Chop- read it. I haven't read it either. Is the it, chapel um, designers keep wanting me to read it. Is it Elizabeth Gilbert? I think so. Yeah. And you know, I, again, working all the time, I haven't read it either. But I think that the principle of that is that these ideas are floating around and they're to be taken. And so it's just so funny. I was just naturally doing that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I I am so grateful that I came up with it because... Mm-hmm. I was sitting with Deborah in the barn. I think I was holding her hand and we were crying (laughs) and I was listening to music and, um, I really, um, am willing to work very, very hard to bring happiness to other people Mm -hmm. and seeing everyone enjoy themselves. Um, this is such a difficult career being Mm -hmm. a grower, being a designer, Mm -hmm. um, being in the event industry. And we give and we give and we give. And who's looking out for us? And so I think it's really wonderful um, when we can bring joy to our own kind. So I, I had so many conversations uh, along the, that thread with, I mean, first of all, you meet, you walk up, you're walking to get coffee or you're walking to listen to an amazing speaker like Alicia Rico or, or Stephen Moore or Nancy Teasley and you run into someone and just start naturally say what what brings you to flower stock consistently i had people comment like i have had a really rough season this is just my little treat to myself or i love being around flowers but frankly i'm happy to sit and watch other people design because that's feeding me i don't need to make it make something i'm here to i'm here to just be fed and so i feel like that sentiment was definitely um the desire of attendees, Absolutely. I also think that they received it. Absolutely. I, I, nobody walked away wishing that they got to you know, learn how to make a hand-tied bouquet. They, they learned, but from the right. top people in the game. They right. didn't have to do it themselves. Well, and I mean, that was really the point of it, too, because by, a lot of people say to me, oh, it's the height of wedding season. I can't come. And I'm like, that's the point. Like, when I get to that October, I'm done. I really have very little left to give. And I've got I mean, a few more weeks yeah. to go. Yeah. And so this gives me something to look forward to. Yeah. And, you know, the first year it was, it is all demonstration. It's not hands-on. Mm-hmm. That's not my format. I'm very much a hands-on teacher and people are designing, you know, sure. in tandem with us. Um, so I was a little worried about mm-hmm. that um, concept because it was kind of new, just all demonstrations. And um, interestingly enough, after that first flower stock, everyone was like, I just love sitting there relaxing and watching Mm -hmm. like being not having to perform. That's right. Being in a workshop when you know that you're going to have to do what the teacher just did, you're not focusing and listening because you're thinking I have to remember to do this. I have to remember to do that. Is somebody going to take the good bucket of peonies across the room? Am I going to get the pretty flowers? Like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you're just, you're just there to be. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's the best part of it. Well, the funniest moments were when you were in teaching yesterday or, or Nancy was teaching or one, you know, any, at any given time when there was a presentation, you would be like, it was like going to a music concert. Like you would see about 75 people in tandem, lift up their iPhones to like film what they were or photograph. Yes. It was hysterical. Like, wow, they're really, they're really soaking this up. Everyone wanted to capture it. It was really fun. I have so many recordings of the, and Oh, and, cause you were shooting video too. Well, yeah, I just people laughing, people dancing, lots of the music. Mm-hmm. And I just sometimes, oh, 
<laughs> Sometimes when I'm lonely and I miss my friends, I just play it. I mean, it just takes me back to the barn. I so wondered about that last night because you were filming full songs uh, with Nathan yeah. and Ava. Yeah. Ava, Nathan and Ava Leach, and they are they're back for the third year. Yeah. Favorite musicians. Incredible. I thought to myself, what she's got that whole song on her phone. What's she going to do with that? My phone, I, I could go back. I went back to last year and was saying, oh, play this song. Remember this and yes. holding it up to them. The <laughs> Irish laugh at me because I have their voices recorded and I'll just listen to them when I miss them. <laughs> and I and Evan is not mushy-gushy like I am. And I remember one particular night laying in bed with him and we were listening to Lorna and Sylvia and mm. just laying in bed laughing. It brings and these back are the chapel- joy. They're Irish chapel designers yeah. <laughs> and they're full on. They're, they call me mental. They're mental. <laughs> it was nice to have Lorna back. Oh, yeah, it, was I, it was nice to come and I'm, you know, I'm kind of on the periphery of your world and it, to see so many familiar faces and Genuine hugs reuniting, right. even if I couldn't remember the yeah, person's I mean, name. Yeah, I mean, Mahalia was here from Romania, and then we had lots of English chapel designers as well. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's sweet. It's yeah. really amazing. So the, the big news last year was that you were able to unveil a brand new collaboration with Syndicate Sales. And right. full disclosure here, Syndicate Sales is very supportive of Slow Flowers, uh, so I course want to promote what they're doing, but I would be promoting this even if I had nothing to do with them because I'm so fascinated with your journey of, I mean, back to this manifesting thing, Holly, you had, you had this uh, mechanic idea with the, the pillow and the egg, very much rustic handmade by chicken wire. And now it's morphed into this amazing product line called Holly X Syndicate, right? Right. Um, you just, we talked a little bit about it last year, but can you kind of, um, reminisce on what that's meant for you this year um, in terms of installations and you're pushing that product so far that's what I was amazed by well it's so funny because like in full disclosure like it's I didn't I didn't even actually know that that was something that made you feel kind of funny uh-huh. I feel funny too because I always just talk about the people I love I love Deborah I love Delaware Valley I love you know the design master yeah. that kind of stuff so the syndicate people have been following chapel designers for a very long time and um, they came to our conference in New York. Right. That's where I first met Anne Gray. That's right. So Anna Millie came, um, they were following us on social media and they wanted to get syndicate kind of positioned with wedding and event designers and a relationship started. Um, so they're part of my tribe my core people, how I function and do my life. Well, now this thing has my name on it and I don't want to feel like a car salesman. Well, so, I'll let me be your car salesman. I'm just, I'm so fascinated by what you've done, um, to bring a new product into a, a traditional space in floral mechanics. I mean, I think that alone is newsworthy, but it was meant to be. Yeah. It was I guess. supposed to happen. And, um, again, it's like everything else. I don't know why this dropped into me and why I get to be the one. Um, there, it's been a it's been a painful road. I don't know whether we should talk about that. You shake yes or no whether I should. <laughs> Some um, of it's been hard. Well, I, I I was interested to hear you talk about the fact that you were using this chicken egg shape or this egg shaped um, mechanic of chicken wire as, because of a bride's request. Yes. To design something 
incredibly loose and open. Very open. And you just couldn't do it with a traditional hand-tied model. And I didn't know about that. I had been making... um, I've been designing for 26 years and you know, the roundy moundy was the queen forever. And I was always a little bit special and different because my roundy moundy had some little sexy little bit from the garden. Right. right? I was always, I was already different. And then really what happened is the industry started changing because everybody was just jumping in and making whatever they thought was beautiful. And the designs got super, super loose. And, um, it's very hard. What is it? Teach a, a old dog new tricks. Right. You know, it was very hard for me to get as open as I needed to be. And this was a young bride. Not this bride is an event person. She's her studio DIY. She's incredible. She's a crafter and she's a very big deal blogger, but she used to work for me. And in all honesty, I mean, she's such a big deal now that I thought she was just throwing me bones because we'd always teased that when she got married, I would do her wedding. Mm -hmm. And I kind of sensed that maybe she was worried. I couldn't do it the way that she really wanted me to. And you know, a lot of brides will just, oh, make it pretty. And there's no fear. I knew she had a specific look. Sure. And it was signature star blooms. She wanted to see the individual blooms. And was like, does that mean you want a small bouquet? She's like, no, I don't want a small bouquet. I want my regular big Holly bouquet. But I want to see those blooms. More and open I, with like more negative more space. More open with negative space. Okay. And, you know, horizontal, wide, wide open. And I, for the life of me, I was... Um, in Palm Springs and Kate Millian's house. And, um, I, I was crying cause I didn't know how to make the bouquet. I couldn't figure out how to make it open enough. And I decided that I needed something to hold the stems at the top and down lower. So I formed this little chicken wire egg. Um, and it was an oval. Yeah. And I think the chapel designers, we were like trying to explain it because I go into forum after I make this bouquet and I make this magical thing. And I mean, I am crying when I make it. My daughter and Kate take a picture of me crying because I, the minute I made it, I held it up to them and I was like, oh shit. This works. This is, this is good. Yeah. This is going to make a very big difference. And so... Um, you know, all of this is happening. I put it in a forum and we just start calling it the egg just because I'm trying to explain <laughs> to my clan what I have done. You know, it's, I know it's stupid, but it could have been like the bean or the burrito. I mean, there's no, I mean, we all use these, these food yeah. metaphors. Anyway. Yes. So. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> and so, you know, I go about teaching it and, you know, of course there are a million things again, orbiting around the world. I didn't know if other people were doing it or not. And yes, armatures have been around for a long time. Um, but, but armatures in a vase, not well, in a you know, uh, like bouquet. Actually, now that I'm you know playing with the AIFD people, they make armatures and structures all the time. Where people make armatures out of willow, and yeah. you know, I. I, you know, it was all of that. It's like a harmonic conversion. Yes, sure. And so I, I start teaching it and I don't think, you know, I don't really know how big a deal it is Mm -hmm. until I start going places and doing it. And people were going, Oh my God, I have never seen anything like this. This is amazing. And then, you know, one of the designers came up with me and she was crying and she said, this was in New York. I have arthritis. Yeah. And I was thinking I was going to have to 
quit and you've just saved my career. And then nursing moms were coming up to me and like, oh my God, you can set this bouquet down and pick it back up or go change a diaper. It's like of course, solving all these problems. Why I couldn't have invented that when I was nursing seven <laughs> children, I can't tell you, but um, that, and even Robbie Honey yeah. in New York, Robbie Honey came up to me and he said, this is brilliant. And you know, he's classically trained, mm-hmm. you know, a European designer. He's seen it all from the best of the best. And, you know, he was telling me it was special. And then it was like, oh, wow, maybe this really is. Um, same with the Tony. And, and then, and then while you were doing that, there was some other moment with what you're calling the pillow that, that was had another way of using so, this kind of so hardware product. We taught it, um, to all the chapel designers, we taught it at Floor Abundance Design Days. That was in January. And then I went to London in April. So all of us are designing. Um, I've taught them all the egg. What year was this? Like- this would have been three, four years ago. Okay. Um, and we, gosh, maybe it was more. I have to, I have to, four, okay. four years ago, maybe, okay. maybe four and a half. And so, you know, we've done the egg bouquet. Everything is wonderful. Everyone's happy. We're styling a table. And this is the first time Evan Chapel was involved in picking the vessels and the containers. And so you go to the wholesaler. It's the sundries merchant. It sounds so much better than hard goods. And they let us use all of these vessels. Well, you know when you design um, in a vessel, like if you put chicken wire in it, you're going to scratch it. Mm-hmm. Or if you put tape on it, you're going to leave gunk behind. And I don't know. I, I remember their faces, Jill and all of them, Lorna, Sylvia, everybody standing there. And I said, why don't we just make a pillow? And why don't we just put it on the rim of the vase and see what happens? I don't know why we did it. It's so crazy when I think about it. I can see us all lined up on the table with all these crocs and vases and containers. And we just start making these forms. And they're bigger than the vessel. So bigger they than don't, the opening. Bigger than the opening so they don't slide in. And we make all these beautiful pieces. And I hear them going, it's good to go. It's good to go. It's working. I can hear Jill. It's good to go. It's good to go. It's working. It's working. It's working. And we make these beautiful pieces. And we photograph the design. Table's stunning. Just stunning great work. That's wonderful. We come downstairs to take the arrangements apart to clean out the vessels, to give them back to the sundry market merchant. And we pick up the arrangement, the whole damn thing came right off. And we were looking at each other like, Oh my gosh, like this is insane. And the this whole is like the arrangement lift. mm-hmm. lifts right up. There's no tape. There's no gunk. There's no nothing. We spilled the water out of the vases, dried them off, and sent them back to the sundries merchant. And the whole entire arrangement was intact. Kind of in the in the openings. in the grid okay. because it's two layers. It's an upper layer and a lower layer, and that's what's essential to this. I mean, we've been taping things flat or putting chicken wire over things flat. It's the fact that the steps are going through two layers right. that holds them in place. So we pick up the design and I mean, we were, we were throwing them at each other, literally. Well, but you did that. The I, other do day. It all, I do it all and the time. With the hand tied, I was like, 
oh, wow, she's taking a risk. I do it all the time. Because it holds together. It holds together. And so what was neat about this, too, is that we were able to take the arrangements out onto the street and then give them away to people. Normally, if you, you know, you'd have a chunk of nasty foam Mm -hmm. or you would have a wad of chicken wire that was all smashed up within the stems and there was not a beautiful piece, you couldn't fit it back into the vessel. Mm -hmm. So it was like, this is magic. And in that moment... I said, you guys, can we go elevated? Is this going to work? And we'd made a roundy moundy ball of hydrangea up on a big, tall clarinet vase. We pulled that arrangement down, threw it onto the floor, and I made a huge pillow. And I put it up on the elevated vase. And that was, we were screaming. Because that really like proved that this method <coughs> would work. Was, yeah. Because when you're in a tall, upright vase... And you are trying to design, um, it's typical to put a plate with foam up there and then you get that gracious cascade. Mm-hmm. So the if you put the, the mechanics into the vessel, you see them, or you can't get that angle down. And so this was allowing us to go up and out without foam. And for a very long time, my my technique was to use a whole bunch of hydrangea to hide the foam. It, it became about hiding the foam and rather than the design. And so the airiness wasn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was the first time that I had seen elevated designs that were created without the foam. Other than we would sometimes make a hand tied bouquet and drop it into a vase, but it's always going to look straight up. It didn't have that grace or cascade down because there was no ability to angle the stems. And with the, with the pillow being wider than the opening, you're coming in at a very almost horizontal angle. Exactly. Okay. So these were chicken wire solutions. Chicken wire solutions. How did they become, um, a pro- a new product collection for Syndicate and and with your name on it. I mean that, that well, is a remarkable in less than a year that you've done that. Well, it it actually was it was the mechanic I was using and teaching for two and a half years. Okay, and um, you know, it got out and it it was actually kind of a painful situation. A lot was going on with it. Um, you know, the chapel designers knew it was mine, but it was starting to go like wildfire. And, um, yeah, sometimes these things just flow like water through your fingers. And, and that, and that's okay. I mean, we wanted everyone to know how to use it. So I figured it was too late for me to even ever get a product. Um, and I, quite frankly, I'm a little busy, you know, I don't know, I don't know how to build a product line and get patents and licensing. Exactly. and, And, you know, one day, um, one day something happened, someone, um, kind of disclosed to me by accident that they were going to go for a patent. And um, the fear that day, like, okay, well, if somebody's going to do this, it better damn sight be me. And I called Ann Graves, who had been a presenter in New York, and I said, I think I have something that could really become valuable to the industry. Um, what do you think? And she got me to Indianapolis, and I said with um, Trent Harshman, who is product development, and Laura, the president. Mm-hmm. And um, we we went over everything. Calvin was there too. And um, they sat with Evan and I, and I made them my little form, and it all started. Now, 
this was also very scary for me because again, you know, like I told you, everybody's my family and my tribe and I don't really want to do big business and I don't want, I just, everything's got to be comfortable. Right. And from the moment I got there, I mean, she was talking about her grandfather and how he had started the business. You were talking about Laura Scheinall. Laura. Yes. And that how this is, you know, an American company and their story of, you know, how her grandparents went out with the water too. They got like came up with the first water too. Right. And how they went out and sold them and the cardat and all of these things and these stories. And it was just like, you know, this is an American amazing yeah. story. Yeah. And um, here we are. I like them. I trust them. I feel safe. And, you know, they were they were willing to partner with me. I could they actually offered me that, the chance to be an equal partner. I don't I I wasn't gonna take those risks. You right. know, going in pursuit of patents and investing all that money and it maybe not working. I didn't have the money well, to invest. Well you also you also didn't have access to, to the type of distribution. I didn't have it, no, I didn't have, have the I didn't have the emotional bandwidth for it either yeah. because you know I've got to keep doing my weddings and events. So but they gave me that as an offer as well, or I could become like a collaborative partner. And I literally signed it over to them. And you know, it bears my name. Um one of my I'm too tired, I'm gonna cry a lot. One of my you know, one of my simple requests was that when the patent went in that it said Holly Heider Chapel mm-hmm. because my father was a wonderful, hardworking farmer, um, landscaper, nurseryman who all of his life, he, he worked his ass off and then Christmas trees started getting sold at Home Depot and, you know, the Walmart and the garden centers all started selling the plants. And, you know, his name never really went anywhere. Mm -hmm. He's the dad of five girls and the Hyder name is gone. And I thought, well, like, you know, that's a nice nod I could give to the old guy. I can at least get the Hyder name on the patent. And so I did that. And, um, I also, you know, they let me name the product the Holly Hyder Chapel line, which, you know, they kept saying, well, Holly Chapel's shorter. And I'm like, yep, but my business is Holly Hyder Chapel it just is. because that's to carry daddy's name. Yeah. That's why we have the Hyder in there. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And they shortened it by doing the Holly X Syndicate. Well, we, that's collection. our hashtag, Holly yeah. Times Syndicate, but oh, um, they, it's Holly Hyder Chapel exclusively for syndicate sales, this uh-huh. line. And then, then the funny thing is like, okay, Okay, well now we need to come up with a name for it. And they're like trying to come up with all these names. And I wasn't even I wasn't even fixated or thinking about a name. And somebody came up to me and said, you know, when you search your name, it comes up Holly Chapel Egg. And I, <laughs> I went to Syndicate and I was like, you know what? Sorry. Let's One of the it. other things you might have gotten with this really great uh, concept is I don't think we can change the name. Yeah. Because it would have been ridiculous to change it when everybody in the industry was calling it the Holly yeah. Chapel A. It's so. in the vernacular. I agree. So let's talk a little bit about, about the actual material. So it, it wouldn't make sense to make them out of chicken wire. That doesn't. Right. There's all kinds of restrictions for shapes and. Well, the chicken wire also rusts. It's bad for the flowers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's absolutely bad for the vessels too. Um, And it collapses. So it was Trent, um, who I think he's been with them for over 25 years. Yeah, I've interviewed him before. It's been a long, he has dozens of patents with them. He's 
brilliant. Yeah. You know, he's so smart that I didn't really know that he was even with me. I'm telling him this stuff and he's just looking at me and I can't tell like if he's really like getting it or if he doesn't like it or if he doesn't understand it. But I mean, he's just soaking it all in. And then he, he goes off like a wizard and makes it happen. So he, he did it out of plastic and it is recyclable and reusable, which was really important because we are, you know, thankfully this is going to help the footprint, you know, um, that, that foam was making in this industry. So, um, it's really a fabulous structure. It's very lightweight. It also is in two pieces so that it doesn't, um, the box would become very large if they were all put together. Oh, I see. So they're kind of like um, they're, nestled. They're, yes, okay. they're nestled together. And so you just click them in. But what's interesting about it is that people are also using them even singly. Um, oh, like, like a half A shape. half one, that's right. I mean, it's just so funny because... I I mean, now all of the uses that we're seeing for them, it's ridiculous. Francois and Gregor and Atomi um, and Alice and Susan McCleary were here and the product, the product just launched in January. It became available in January. Now, up until this point in my life, you know, I was only doing the egg or the pillow for very like the bridal. I wasn't going to make a bunch of eggs for right. my maids. It was very specific. Well, yeah. yeah. Cause it was oh. hard to do and annoying and my hands were bleeding every time I was making the stupid thing. Oh, you mean when you were using the chicken wire? Right. Yeah. yeah. So like January, the product comes out. It's not yet wedding season. So really it was like March, April that we started to like, now we've got them when I'm I'm in the studio and I really have flowers on a project, this is when we're going to see when things are going to happen and how we're going to play with them. And that workshop, those eggs and pillows were all over this farm. And, and every, I was playing, I was participating in the workshop and I made my first um, purse with the pillow. Yeah. And it, I love that. I'm going to share a photo. Oh my God. It's made. so stunning. I can't even believe I made it because I'm not a botanical couture person. Um, you know, that's Francois Weeks and that's Susan McCleary mm-hmm. and, um, and I made it and I was so proud of it. And then I, I made a hat with the pillow as well. And James Lucky had taught me how to weave. So I weaved the brim around this pillow. And, and did then, you just use half of the pillow? For I that? used half the pillow okay. for the hat, yeah. for the top of the cap. But the purse was more like a clamshell. The, kind of. the purse was a whole pillow. And then I just cut a little bit of the form out of it so that it was like a clutch. You just yeah. I, I clicked it closed two-thirds of the way, and I left one-third so you could just open it's, and close yeah, it. Yeah, I saw it. So clever. So much of the botanical couture, um, those pieces were not, um, they were beautiful and unique, but they weren't purposeful. You couldn't use them. So this pillow, we line it with leather or fabric, and then it actually opens, and you can put in lipstick and your phone and your keys. So I really think it'll be a fun thing for mothers of the bride Mm -hmm. and, and even, I just feel like the more people that start playing with them, the more is going to happen. Um, Jason Munn just did something amazing with them. We had a tent decorating competition at Flowerstock, and he bought magnets at um, like Home Depot or something, and he attached the magnet to the pillow, 
And then he put a magnet inside his tent and then he clipped the whole entire pillow magnet to magnet with the fabric of the tent in between. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And he used that as an armature to decorate and he, you know, won a prize for it. Actually, I thought the tent decoration was really a fun way to see the mechanics being used because Syndicate was um, kind of giving there, a prize yes, for that. That's right. But there was, an, on the peak of some of the tents, there was just like a little nail and some people were just looping the pillow over that nail and, and being able to have, you know, six foot long, you know, branches coming through it and it was supporting it. I put cup hooks in my ceiling over the um, table in the manor house. Mm-hmm. I can send the picture of yeah. that. And I put the pillows all across the ceiling and I did a whole entire hanging installation. Like none of us realized the potential of where this would go. And that's the thing still like these are still getting, we're getting used to having them. I'm still gun shy. Like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't want to make that, you know, cause yeah. I was making them for two and a half years. Yeah. Now that I can just go get them out of a box whenever I want to, like I'm just using them so much more. Yeah, I really feel pushing. free. Well, I feel free to use them. Yeah. Like people would say to me, do you use them for maids? Well, my mind is still like, hell no, I'm not making all this for my maids. But now it's like I'm in the shop and the, the design isn't working for the maids. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can just go get a four inch pill, a, a smaller egg. That's yeah. right. So I've just got to get used to the fact that it's there. Um, yeah. You, I loved watching your presentation at Trend Summit uh, with that Hitomi invited us both to. You showed some applications. That, I mean, they were incredibly simple if you sat to think about it. But like you know, vertical hangings on the wall with the, the That's pillows. Command right. hooks is another thing that we use. Achieved so much; it was stunning. And there's nothing wet on the wall because you're using product that's. We're just using branches. the yeah. yes. If it if you're worried about things wilting, because people will wonder if they hear us talking about this. You know, we're just doing an installation with greenery and things that don't wilt. And kind of roses, for that, moment. Yeah. that kind of things. Um, if you're going to use something tender and you're concerned about it, well, guess what? A water tube fits into sure. the pillow, so sure. it's crazy. Yeah. Um, another thing we beautiful. we also sometimes will do is eco fresh. You know, we'll wrap the stems mm-hmm. and just give them a little bit of water and then put them into the installation that way Mm -hmm. so that's cool that's a bouquet wrap thing so i don't it's it's hard to imagine um how far this is it's it's on fire right right because now it's in the hands of a of creatives everywhere right um the other thing that i think is not really getting the appreciation or knowledge is the compost yeah talk about Um, that a little bit and then um, I want to talk about sort of the news that you've got okay. to share. Okay, so the compotes, um, a lot of the, the containers we were finding um, were not high enough or wide enough or, you know, they were too shallow. And so w- one of those moments where Trent was just looking at me and not saying anything, I think I was like throwing bowls at him. I hate this bowl. It's not deep enough. And this one's mouth is too big. And... I didn't know if it was registering. And then, you know, he came to visit me with the prototype of the egg and he was like, oh, here's your bowl. And I was like, what? He had my compote bowl for me. It's So he perfect. basically designed a vessel that works in tandem he, with the pillow. It does work in tandem yeah. with the pillow. But the pillows are... the. He designed a vessel that I needed yeah. for my weddings and yeah. events. 
it so happens, you know, that there are standard sizes in, you know, the mouths of vases. And so he made me a pillow for all of those things. Oh, I see. I see. I also explained to him that collections are important to me. When I'm styling a long king table, like I want to have three different sizes of a vessel. It's just lovely. So he gave me three different sizes of the compote. I also, we had a little clear plastic bowl that we used a lot as a, a takeaway. We would give it to clients at the end of the night. Um, I wanted to be able to have it in clear because I wanted to be able to paint it. So mm. that's another thing like with the design master, like I'm painting the bowl comes in glass. It comes in clear, it comes in white and it comes in black in three different sizes. But if I've got a gold bride, I'll take the design master paint and I'll paint the compote gold or silver. The plastic. Not yes. The, the plastic yeah. one. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable. The the glass is wonderful. It's it's a keepsake. It's Those a keepsake. Yeah. I would not... That would be inventory that I would keep. I would not let my clients keep it unless they paid for it. <coughs> the glass... The plastic um, is what we would... Send home. Send home. Yeah. So we would take the... Because you can, because of the pillow, you pick up the entire arrangement off the glass compote or sterling silver vessel or whatever you're giving the clients at the, for their wedding and event. You pick up the arrangement and you put it on the plastic compote and you send it home with them. And keep your inventory. And you keep yeah. your inventory. What's happening to us more often than not, and I'm really excited about this, is that the plastic one is so darn good looking that the client doesn't care if I bring them a sexy silver vase or a painted silver vase and I'm not having to break down as much. Uh, so the flowers are just going home with people at the end of the vessel. night. And and to be honest, I would prefer that because breakdown is no fun. Right. You know, who wants to do that? So then but, the price of the of the plastic vessel is an you just work that into the price of the I of mean the, to me yeah. it's dust. Yeah. They're so affordable it's ridiculous. <clears throat> the, it's and it's so much less than like um, using foam and all right. that. The time right. that you save, it's just ridiculous. That's so, awesome. I mean, there's so many reasons why it's incredible. The compote and the pillow together in tandem, too, when we go out on a job, trying to be mindful of this universe, mm -hmm. right? I didn't want to be using the foam. Right. But... I also, when I take 25 arrangements to the job and all the water spills out, um, it's really very difficult to try and fill the vessels back up with water on the job. Right. And so, to salvage what's just spilled but, all over your van. And it's going to spill. There's yeah. no way. If you're going to, if you're committed to making a difference, the water's going to spill. But we would get there and try and fill the vases back up and the water, you know, you're trying to part the flowers and the water is spilling all over the table and it's making the biggest mess. And, and the tablecloths, so you don't want to get those wet. And there wasn't enough time in the day to make that happen. So we were just... For for ease, and because it was really the only way we could function, we kept producing in foam. Got it. Yeah. And so now we get there, and we just, you know, as we're taking them off the truck, we have a little, you know, jug of water, and we just fill them back up with water. We just pick up the whole design, fill the vessel back up, and boom, we're on the table. Wow. So And you're not taping at all. I don't tape at all. Wow. I don't. Now, if other people want to do that, that's fine. Um it's not necessary, but I think that's habitual. We think we have to tape all of our yeah. mechanics down. Yeah. 
the key is when you start it, it's going to rock a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I watched you demonstrate that. And, just just counterbalance it, and then you start getting this this even distribution of that's branches. That's exactly right. Okay. As soon as soon as you get the weight equally distributed, three three at three points. Um, it stops rocking. Yeah. Um, I don't want to tape it down because then I'm fooling around with how do I get the water back in it on the job. Right. Or at the end of the night, you know, I'm untaping. I just don't want to do that. Right. Right. I love that. That's really helpful to think about. People just need to get their hands on this and, and, and practice. And you've got some videos, um, on syndicate site or your own site that show you using it? We have the little freebie ones on the syndicate site. And then, you know, I have an online school, which is via Hope Flower Farm. And you've Um, got a a full length class showing how to do some of those techniques with the egg and the pillow, right? Yeah. Did you? you, We promoted that last year. Well, it seems like you almost have like ESP. <laughs> Why? Uh, well, Evan and I just filmed an eight-hour comprehensive course. Oh, I had and, no, and, I didn't know about that. So that's going to launch this winter. Oh, good. Um, and okay, let me know about that. It's from beginning to end. All the business and Evan comes in and helps us how she teaches us. Um, all of the insurances and all of those things. And then also the mechanics like for hoopas and arches and all of that. Mm. So yes, we do have courses. It's Good. all yeah, our we'll, school is hope flower farm online school. We'll have, we'll have, I'll put that link back okay. up. Yeah. Cause I think we only talked about it when you were showing the, um, how to design with the egg. But you know, the one night that I think I was the most grateful for this mechanic, we, somebody rented a corporate office. It's not a venue for a charity event. And they had us on the like 15th floor in a, a regular human being elevator, not a service elevator. Mm. And we had like 25 elevated arrangements. And at the end of the night, you know, you have to stack those things up with foam and, you know, drag them down. I walked over to those arrangements and I put my little fingers through <laughs> all of those pillows Pages, right. and I had five arrangements in <laughs> each hand because it's so much lighter yes. and I just slung them into the elevator <laughs> and went down and I was like, this is gold. Because also the cleanup after yeah. an event, yeah. like taking all the flowers out of the foam and the foam is flying all over your face and the flower shop and then all those little bits of yeah. foam, like Shredding. they're going into my compost. Yeah. And yeah. And it, now we just like cut the flowers out and, you know, throw the pillow back into the pile. I and mean, it's so and you cool. Just, and can you, I think you can run those uh, uh, plastic cages and pillows um, in, through the dishwasher. Sure. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, you Jay, probably just soak them or something. Uh, no, I just. If you get them cleaned up, I mean, remember our work is event work. So it's on the table for six hours. I mean, I just break them down and put them back in the pile. Jason Munn is going to start planting his bulbs in them. You know how people put chicken wire around their tubers and things so that rodents and bowls don't get in there. He said, I'm going to start putting my, my precious tulips. Isn't that hysterical? It makes sense, right? Yeah. Because he can just Oh, that's great. I want to see that. So one of the things that launched this weekend, um, at flower stock was the, we're moving up to another, 
um, pillow, another bigger pillow. Oh, I didn't know that. I must have missed that. So yes, okay. I had one of the friendships, that big, huge oh, crock that right, I made. Right. And it's so terrible. I don't know my own product line. I should have paid attention before I did this with you. They're like, I think it's like four, six, eight, ten, and Trent has built me either a twelve or I think it's it's either twelve or fifteen. That was a beautiful piece that you designed. It was like a large scale. It was massive. Um, yeah. I had to stand on a ladder to do it. Yeah. And so he's made the plastic a little bit stronger mm. on that because mm-hmm. the weight obviously is going to be more magnificent. Mm-hmm. So that's new in the product line for what, 2019? Yes, 2019. And we have some other really cool things that are coming as well. Um, we're working on new vessels and containers, things that are a little bit more modern. I don't know if that'll make it for 2019, but it it's in the hunt. Um, we have another shape that is going to um, a bigger size and something else that's probably going to be born. But I think, you know, the thing that is most exciting um and i feel like it was kind of almost a promise they made to you yeah um i i love this and this is why i fell in love with them um they have the goal was to get enough sales that they could get the production of the egg and the pillow here in the united states and right. then bring it back to right. i think their corporate offices are in kokomo um and that has happened. They now have the mold, um, and they will be able to start manufacturing that here in the United States. That's awesome. Which, that's so good for all of us, right? Yes. I mean, that's why I admire Syndicate. And I don't know, they do, they do have product lines that, that are manufactured offshore, but their, their core, especially their core glass baseline and their plastic lines are manufactured in Kokomo. And I always advocate for that um, because there is, there's so, it's limited how many choices people have right. with USA made. And that's right. great news. Kudos to syndicate sales for, for following through on that. They did make that kind of not promised, but assurance uh-huh. to me. They were and, trying to go get to that. Get I to mean, that, that was a big undertaking and yeah. that's, um, that's more, I think about commitment that they have to the whole industry in our country. Yeah, they've mean, got people that they employ and they're the biggest employer in Kokomo, Indiana. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so, really cool. So now these, these, um, Great manufacturing jobs are are extended because they have a new product, right. two new product lines that they can make. That's exciting, and also maybe for um, just keeping that product in the in the pipeline through all the distribution channels, like wholesalers and mainly wholesalers, right? Um, people maybe there's no worry about running out of stock because it's well, just in time manufacturing. That's true. Yeah. I that's mean, cool. it's just really exciting. So Yay. that's the the news on that front. And Good. You know, I've been able to um, work with a lot of their. They have they have four designers that are AIFD certified mm-hmm. designer designers of their educational team, and um, I you know have been able to work with them, which has been a really big honor. Um, and I got to go to Charleston, South Carolina, a few weeks ago and be there while they were doing some product shoots, and it's just been a lovely extension to my family. Yeah. Um, and to have these new relationships with people from all different aspects of the industry. Now, I think, you know, they, they were interested in me because I was wedding and event design and we 
thought this product would be great for wedding and event design work. Yep. But what we're seeing is that it is of interest to the whole industry. So that's super exciting. Yeah. Um, retail wise, yes. you know, if you're putting your arrangements into containers and you need to keep refreshing your cooler for retail sales, you know, the design gets kind of distorted and messed up when you're watering and freshening up the, the vessel. So I think that we will see this, um, used more and more in the other side of the industry, which I'm not really a part of. Right. It actually just got a big um, innovation award from HEB. Did they say HEB or HEB? No, I think it's HEB grocery chain that's in right. Texas. That's yeah, right. that's amazing. So that was really exciting. Because that's 100% retail. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, I, and their their uh, flower departments are um, by a, a lot of Texas-grown that, that's true. They, that's they, true. I don't know any more about that, but maybe we can get some information about I mean, that. that that's neat too, because for me, again, more exposure to a whole different realm of people that I didn't, I didn't have any way of connecting with them. Right. So it's well, been really I th- good. I think that's the next um, conversation that I've been having with some folks at syndicate too, is that I, I know that you get inquiries after I've posted or blogged about the the line that you've done with syndicate, I've heard from my gardener friends, like, how can I just buy one of these? I'm, I'm a DIY crafter or a DIY floral designer. I don't need a case of pillows and eggs. How do I buy one? And I know that that's a direct, one of the things that they're aware of is in the relatively near future, there'll be a way for consumers and to buy individual pieces and, and not have it mess up the industry. Right. You know, right. Exclusivity. I think that that, you know, is something that, we really do need to figure out yeah. because there are, I mean, the, at the end of the day, if more people are in love with flowers and can design and use them and there's no threat that, you know, someone, gonna, yeah. someone's going to you know, start designing and hurt a florist. Right. But if it makes people buy more flowers because they now can kind of sort of get through a design, I think it's a really wonderful yeah. thing if they became mainstream, but the, you know, obviously they're very committed. You that's clear. Yeah, it's for a to, professional right, designer. But right. they they don't they do want to be careful because they have such wonderful relationships with wholesalers. Yeah. You know, this will be a product line that is obviously not going to be the same price that floral designers right, get. Right, and exactly. I don't so, know what's going to happen, but I know that that that's on the radar. It People, needs to yeah, happen. Yeah, it really does because I'm starting to speak at all these garden clubs too, and those garden club ladies are like, "We've got to have these." So, well, it's so funny you say that. Uh, we'll <laughs> we could go on and on, but I'll we'll we'll try to figure out how, how to get out of this conversation. <laughs> um, but I spoke to the in, just in September to the Garden Club of Denver, and uh, it was a kind of a last minute thing because I was in Denver for the to speak at the botanical garden, and I thought. I'm gonna bring um, I'm gonna bring one of Kali's mechanics with me to demonstrate at this um, meeting of a hundred right. ladies. I'm like I'm gonna blow their minds. Well, they already knew about it. Really? Yes, because one of their members is a as a professional florist, and she has has been able to buy uh, the pillows and eggs wholesale through her studio and let her fellow garden club members use it. So uh, it's out there. The, I, it's rampant. I just went to. Um a garden club symposium and Jane Godchalk was Mm -hmm. um, speaking and sure enough, she was using it. And I was like, this is insane. Yeah. yeah. You know, to be sitting here in the crowd and watching your product. uh, Yes. By, you know, a very prestigious educator. Yeah. 
Um, that was really amazing. Uh, you know, the other thing I forgot, I made a really beautiful wreath with it too. Mm. I'll, I'll show you that. Oh, show me, show uh, the photo Oh my with gosh. Because because I was speaking for that Virginia Garden Club symposium and I was trying to make different, you know, things right. for them of interest. And I, I took the four inch pillows and clicked them all together with zip ties and made a wreath. And then it just wove bittersweet and willow throat. It was absolutely oh stunning. God. It was uh, fabulous. Brilliant. It was fabulous. Brilliant. So it's exciting. Well, I'm on that note, I'm going to, to thank you so much for hosting me and inviting me to be at flower stock, uh, for the second year. It was a lovely experience teaching creative writing to uh, so many creatives. Um, that's redundant, but, um, people who are designers. But they loved it. I yeah. mean, Deborah, it was, what time did we start your class? Like seven thirty. She spoke as a regular speaker, but we had this like breakout room and it was like seven thirty at night when we said, if you want to write with Deborah, you can go write with Deborah or you can go to the campfire. Well, you know, all of a sudden there's no one on the phone. Like where the hell is everybody? Well, and it's, and <laughs> I went up in the barn and like, I don't know, 40 or 50 people were up there we with had, you. Well, you had set it up at like um like a mini classroom but also with comfortable seating so people could do the little module about describing what is in the vase without saying what type of flower it is or they could go sit in the corner in a cozy chair and write a little memoir piece about their first encounter with a flower as a child or you know people just you know got to pick what they wanted to work on. So it was really special. So I, I, I love having you as a part of it, this, because that is the whole vibe of this event. I mean, it's a good little marriage. It was pretty amazing yesterday. We've got to figure out how to stop this podcast, but only, <laughs> but um, the last presentation of design was Steve Moore. Uh-huh. And Steve also talked a lot about social media and presentation and how he portrays and shares his work and his family and his story. And he, every word out of his mouth was a perfect setup for what I was trying to get the students to do, uh, the students being those who chose to come do this exercise, which is how can you be authentic? How can you show, not tell? How can you weave a, weave a narrative that is basically allows you to connect with, with your customers and your community? And it was just symbiotic, the way every word out of, that he said, it's which I didn't know he was going to say, reinforced what I wanted to say. So it was, it was, uh, it was, they got a one-two punch on that. It yeah. Was there was good. a, there was just many connections made yeah. this week. Yeah. It was very good. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know when I'll see you again, but thank you so much for, um, taking the time. I know you've got a million things to do today, including cleaning up the yeah. farm <laughs> and, and, and writing weddings. proposal. <laughs> yeah. And writing proposal. And we have a wedding and a, we have two weddings. Wait, it's Wednesday. You have two weddings this weekend. Right. So the flowers have already started arriving. So some people are in the studio processing flowers. Um, as luck would have it, our biggest wedding is on Friday. So we have one less day to produce mm. and then another wedding on Saturday. And the farm looks like a bomb. What? You have not had a frost yet. And your dahlias look amazing. They're incredible. So I think you'll find a few dahlias in the garden. Okay, for can what... I say one more? Yes. Thing? Can I tell the dahlia story? If you want. Okay. Can I? I, I want to. Because... And you have right now, um, basically both of the barns are kind of edged with these deep borders of, of, of vivid incredible dahlias. dahlias. Yeah. So 
this is kind of long. I promise this will be the end, That's you guys. Okay, yeah. We'll, okay, we'll so I am friends with Don the Dowie Man, and he's the president of the Dowie Society. He lives a few miles away. And I really believe Don and I were part of putting the Dowie back on the map because I was one of the few people who was blogging. Um, this was like eight, nine years ago. I've been using his Dowie for 10 or 11 years, okay. I've been blogging for nine and a half. And I started putting dahlias in my designs because I had a local grower. This is a flower that no one used. A wholesaler would never offer it. I mm-hmm. wouldn't have touched it because they didn't give it to me. Well, nobody would use them because they... Couldn't be shipped. They couldn't be yeah. shipped. They have a very short shelf life. So I start using them like crazy. Um, and then my stuff's all over social media. And everyone starts going mad for dahlias and wants dahlias. So, I mean, people were coming, very prestigious designers from New York were coming to get dahlias from Don. Uh-huh. No lie. You kind of created a market for him. Well, we, we did it together. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, of course, there were other people who were involved in that as well. So I get the farm. I've got this relationship with Don. So I'm not going to grow dahlias because I don't want to hurt his feelings. Well, Aaron from Florette sends me a box of dahlias as a gift. Okay, and so we've had the farm for three and a half years. We put those dahlias in the ground, and I guess Mr. Chapel f- fell in love with them because the next year, I mean, I are, we already know I'm in love with them, right? Right. So the next year, Evan buys 125 dahlias, cafe lays, puts those in the ground, and I am a rich girl. Last year, I mean, I was out there singing that song, "Rich Girl, Rich Girl," because I had, I Every had come out. Got oh some. my god, it was so wonderful. And so we had the original ones that Aaron had given us that we wintered over, and all of those cafe lays. So this year was a very bad growing year, and the the rain that we had here is. It's like no nothing no one has ever seen in this area. And we put the tubers into the ground, and they rotted. All of them did. Uh. And Aaron had sent us a shipment of dahlias. Another present was coming. Like a second box. This, this, was the, this is, yes, this year she was going to send us a shipment. So her original dahlias that she had given us in the Evans second year, Cafe Lays, we had those. And these were all going to go on the ground. Well, Aaron's box doesn't make it to me. And um, all of those dahlias that Evan had planted, they rot, and they, it's we've lost them. And, and this you, was like in May or so? Yes, and you could walk out into the garden, and this sounds so, it's, I don't even have, you could smell death. Yeah. And it so broke sorry. my heart, yeah. because I, you know, once you have them and you love them, and then you see a frost coming, and then you know you have to wait a year for them, the night they die, I start <laughs> counting the days that they'll be back. I'm right. not kidding. Right. I think I really, really mean it. And so I call Aaron and I said, you know, I haven't, I haven't gotten your dahlias. Where are the ones you were going to send? And she said, well, I could see that they were halfway across the country, and I don't know where are the boxes. They're gone. And I said, well, we've lost what we planted. Do you have any more? She's like, I don't have any more. So I go to Don, the dahlia man, and Don helps me find some dahlias. We put those into the ground, and all of those rot and die. Mm. And it's happened again, and we're dying. We just had this horrible wet spring. It was horrible. I mean, it rained and rained and rained. Like, you can't even believe it. And if you follow me on social media, you saw me constantly posting about it. So we take all the runts, all the loser tubers who we didn't think were good enough to plant, and we start putting them into the ground because we think it's our only chance. And sure enough, 
Aaron contacts me and the original box of tubers, it's now been lost for a month, has made it back to Aaron, and she says, I'm going to send them to you one more time. And those dahlias are the dahlias that made it and that they were at the festival. Those are the ones that I, I see the, out yeah, there. Yeah, wow. those are the, we planted them up by the barns in higher ground and... Um, you know, by this point, the rain had calmed down a little bit, but the fact that, I mean, I was heart sick when that box got lost, but the fact that they did get lost is why they lived. Yeah. And, I love that. you know, her goodness to me and her belief in this farm, like she didn't have to do that. Yeah. And it is, it's just so wonderful. And so I am a little afraid that a frost might be coming. Um, because I, I've only had them for a few, few weeks. And they, not, came, they came on a little later than yeah. they would have. Yeah. So I don't want to see them die, but, um, well, like you, <laughs> I've been tracking the, I've been tracking the, uh, the predictions and, and yeah, you, you, you got down to the forties this yeah. week. I don't know. I don't know how long that's going to go, but, um, let's look and see Washington. I, I hope I can get through next week because I have looks, a bride really looking for them. It looks like you're going to have a low of 39 a week from today. So that's still above I'm freezing. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine. And that's, and, that's Washington, and, not Loudoun County. And, and even Don the Dahlia Man, who is, I mean, this is his passion and career, and he's an expert. He lost his dahlias too just recently because he used biodegradable string. And the string finally just collapsed and gave away because it was it had rotted too. Oh, interesting. It's been ridiculous. Everybody. So that's that. Well, Holly, I love that story. I hope Aaron Benzacane hears this and knows that, you know, her her She's, her goodness. Her, extent, her, her reach has extended all the way to Hope Farm she, again. Well, I'm singing her praises. Yeah. I'm so thankful. Um, Holly, thanks so much. It's just been so great to be with thanks you. Thanks so much. And, you. Um, it was awesome to have you here. We, thank you. And we've talked about so many things. I'll try to like gather up a list of flat photos that I can get from you that we can add in the show notes at DebraPrinzing.com. And if you don't know who this woman is, I will provide all of her social places so you can follow um, all of Holly's channels <laughs> and get to know her a little bit. <laughs> more but uh, thanks for coming back on and being so generous with it your storytelling an honor thank you so much you bet much for joining me today. What a whirlwind of topics and stories. I'm so glad you joined us. And I've added the link to Holly's original interview on this podcast, which we mentioned while reminiscing. It was episode 123, which aired January 9th, 2014. Wow, so much has happened for both Holly and me in the ensuing years, and we've both been promoting progressive practices in floral design and flower farming in our own ways. I want to encourage you to visit the slowflowersummit.com site to learn more about the amazing program, people, and flowers you'll engage with next summer at Slowflower Summit 2019. It's not too early to save the date and secure your seat. Slowflowers members receive special discount pricing, and everyone receives $100 off with the early bird rate on sale now. 
Please come back next week where you'll hear another amazing episode featuring the leading voices in our Slow Flowers community. We have a vital and vibrant community of flower farmers and floral designers who together define the Slow Flowers movement. As our cause gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the American cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too, and I value your support. Inviting you to show your thanks with a donation to support my ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 372,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. And thank you to our sponsors who are supporting the Slow Flowers podcast. Arctic Alaska Peonies, a cooperative of passionate family farms in the heart of Alaska, providing bigger, better peony flowers during the months of July and August. Visit them today at arcticalaskapeonies.com. Longfield Gardens provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Visit them at longfield-gardens.com. The Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliages, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Find them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Syndicate Sales, an American manufacturer of vases and accessories for the professional florist. Look for the American flag icon to find Syndicate's USA-made products and join the Syndicate Stars loyalty program at syndicatesales.com. Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Check them out at johnnysseeds.com. The Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers, formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Mayesh Wholesale Florist, family-owned since 1978, Mayesh is the premier wedding and event supplier in the U.S. And we're thrilled to partner with Mayesh to promote local and domestic flowers, which they source from farms large and small around the U.S. Learn more at Mayesh.com. Certified American Grown Flowers. The Certified American Grown program and label provide a guarantee for designers and consumers on the source of their flowers. Take pride in your flowers and buy with confidence. Ask for Certified American Grown Flowers. To learn more, visit americangrownflowers.org. And the Team Flower Conference, a professional floral event where flower lovers from all over the world gather for networking, learning, and celebration. It's a special time for the floral industry to come together, and whether you're a farmer, designer, wholesaler, or just love flowers, you're invited to attend as Team Flowers dreams big for the industry's future. Head to teamflower.org slowflowers to learn more about the 2019 conference in Waco, Texas. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more American-grown flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, 
please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Thank you.